You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is The World in 10, your daily podcast of world news with insights and expertise from The Times newspaper in London. Today with Stuart Willey and Cara Bentley. Coming up, we'll be dissecting a Times exclusive story into priests' views on gay marriage. And we'll be looking at yet another African country that's faced a coup and trying to understand why. Same-sex marriage is an issue which has threatened for decades to split the Church of England. That's the church denomination which is officially associated with the state in England. However, Most Reverend Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, is not just the head of the Church of England. He's actually the head of the Anglican Communion, which is made up of tens of millions of Christians worldwide across more than 40 countries. It's a bit like the Commonwealth. And in America, the Anglican branch of this is called the Episcopal Church. And this means any decisions that clergy in England make will have huge ramifications worldwide for Anglicans everywhere, which makes a survey that The Times has published today after months of Research pretty significant. That's right. The Times has surveyed 6% of what they call frontline clergy in England and found that the majority, 53.4% of those 1,200 people, now want their own church to conduct same sex weddings. Now, it's worth bearing in mind there are around 20,000 clergy in England in total, so by no means everyone. But it still arguably marks a trend of vicars themselves becoming more liberal and more in line with the views outside the church as time goes on. So if this survey is representative of English clergy, what does that mean for the rest of the world? Well, the Times' Kaya Burgess conducted this survey and told us what the process would be for changing the doctrine of marriage for the rest of the Anglican Communion. There's real division over questions to do with gay rights and and same-sex marriage. Uh, Churches in the United States and Scotland now conduct same-sex marriages. This has prompted a really angry reaction from more traditionalist churches, particularly in Western and Eastern Africa, some of whom have said they want to depose the Archbishop of Canterbury as the spiritual leader of the Anglican Communion um, over this. So the Anglican Communion wouldn't have any formal say in whether or not the church one day changes its policy, because that's a decision for the Church of England's own general synod in this country. But um, as we should see from some more results from the Times survey later in this week, we need to figure out how concerned people within the Church of England and within its synod, how concerned they are about the possible reaction and the possible backlash from Anglicans abroad if if the Church of England were to depart from the, the centuries-old Anglican teachings. Keep an eye out for those stats Kaya mentioned in The Times later this week. In Africa, there has been another military coup, the 10th in four years, this time in Gabon.
Crowds here cheering and singing, crowding around to welcome military vehicles in the city of Pour-Gentil. There are reports of similar celebrations in other parts of Gabon, as it seems the rule of President Ali Bongo has come to an end. Now, his father was actually president before him, with his family ruling this oil-rich country for 56 years. It's a very long reign. The French Prime Minister says they're following the situation closely because, as with Niger a month ago, Gabon is a former French colony. It keeps close economic and military links with France. But France's influence has been waning in recent years. Today, both Russia and China calling for calm. And the Times' Africa correspondent Jane Flanagan has been telling us what's happened. The reason given by the generals for this paragraph this morning was, as they call it, the institutional, political and economic chaos, but also an election that was held last week that they said was not credible. Uh, But it was held in extremely tight conditions with a curfew and no independent observers allowed. And then at four o'clock this morning, the election authorities uh, decided to announce that Ali Bongo, the president, would have his third term in office. Uh, This is his third disputed term. Within an an hour or so, the the generals, uh, including the head of his own presidential guard, took over the state TV, which is always the first rule of any coup, and announced that the elections were cancelled, the borders were closed, and and the institutions were being dismantled. And also that Ali Bongo, his son, who's a key advisor, and other officials from the ruling party, are being held under house arrest, presumably at his very large presidential mansion. The presidential palace is said to have cost $500 million to build. And for years, the Bongo family has been accused of getting very rich from the country's oil and manganese mines. They even renamed a town Bongoville. So there's a real dilemma here. And Jane also told us how she sees the international community reacting to this latest coup. I think it's interesting. I mean, we've just been watching and talking a lot about what's happened uh, there in, in West Africa, in, in Niger. Again, very quite similar in a way, the head of the presidential guard um, launching this power grab. Just see how the international community, international figures have been completely humbled by that. What can they do? They, were, You know, in Niger, they were given an ultimatum by regional leaders, reinstate the president or face um, possible force, uh, sanctions imposed by uh, Washington and, and also other regional leaders. And they've They've held firm. So what can be done in Gabon? Well, it's awkward. They can't ask for the president so easily to be reinstated. We're talking about a family that's held power for 56 years in Gabon, which is one of Africa's richest countries. It's only got 2 million population. It's rich in oil, rich in cocoa. It's got all sorts of natural resources. And yet the, the people there live in abject poverty. So it's very hard for the international community to defend Bongo. Follow the latest on the situation in Gabon as ousted President Bongo releases a video calling on his friends to make noise and come out in support at thetimes.co.uk. You meet people in Tokyo and Japan and they they may tell you, you know, oh yeah, I I have a child, but I've never seen my child in the past five years because I got divorced and my spouse has joint has sole custody and I have not, there's nothing I can do about it. That's The Times' Tim Horniak speaking to me from Japan and explaining the current situation there, that when a couple divorces, one parent gets sole custody and the other gets none, unless they agree to have joint custody outside of court. Now, a 2021 government survey stated that more than 200,000 children are affected by divorce each year in Japan, with nearly a third of those eventually losing all contact with the parent who does not have custody. 
And it's led to what's been called a black hole of child abductions, the parent running off with their child and the other parent not allowed to try to make contact. But this could all be about to change in Japan as a government panel has recommended that the law changes to allow joint custody. And Tim told me it's foreign influence that has led to this likely change. You really feel for these parents, especially the foreign ones who are not used to this thing. Uh, the, the Japanese people who are used to the system where they're familiar with it, it's still heartbreaking for them. They go through hell. So maybe many of those people are, are looking at this foreign pressure that's being exerted on Japan and they're, they're welcoming it as faint hope that they can finally get back together with their children. Florence Pugh, who is famous for being in Little Women and Oppenheimer, has been named Elle magazine's British-style icon. Her style is bold, colourful and, quite often, slightly revealing. Pugh has spoken about how she's always been interested in loud clothing and colour in an interview and has also referenced a translucent pink dress she wore, saying people's disapproval wound her up. She said, It's the freedom that people are scared of. The fact I'm comfortable and happy keeping women down by commenting on their bodies has worked for a very long time. On Sunday's World in 10, we talked about how VAR has come to the US Open this week. This is the video technology that helps the umpire with contentious decisions during a game. And it's fair to say the first outing did not go well. It did not. The story on the Times app describes what happened at the Grand Slam tennis as a farce. And it happened as Andy Murray took on Corentin Moutet. The Frenchman challenged a double bounce on his side of the court, but confusion followed. And that confusion went on. The umpire looking at her tablet, waiting for pictures to come up. At the same time, the action was being shown on screens around the court. Ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, the VR is not working. What you are watching on the TV up here comes from TV. So, original constants, so not up. That's the umpire, Louise Engzel, and it turned out the tablet had malfunctioned and the umpire is only allowed to make a decision based on the tablet, not on big screens. And despite the failure, her initial call was correct. Andy Murray got the point and went on to win, but he said it was all a bit of a farce. Yeah, it obviously didn't <laughs> didn't, didn't go to plan in a pretty uh, important moment of the match, so yeah, be good if they could get that fixed. The action continues, VAR allowing at Flushing Meadows until... September the 10th. And the World in 10 continues tomorrow. You can take out a digital subscription to The Times, which allows you to read articles in full on the app or Times website. Thanks for being with us. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.